All right, coming up on the program. Before 94, the story of the 1978-79 New York Rangers. Interesting read for hockey fans, for Rangers fans in particular. Mark Rosenman and Howie Carpin have come together to produce this book to talk about that remarkable season for the Rangers. Came up just a little bit short, like I said, against Montreal in the 79 Stanley Cup Final, but no shame in that. I mean, Montreal was putting the wraps basically on four straight Stanley Cup championships. I believe we have both of the authors now joining us. Mark, are you with us? Absolutely. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Great to have you aboard. How are you with us? Yes, sir. Great to be here. We've got you here. Thank you very much. A pleasure to have you, folks. Uh, Mark, tell us about this book and tell us about the impetus behind the book to to bring this together because Rangers fans of a certain vintage remember 94 and ending the 54-year drought, uh, but they should be reminded that the Rangers had some really good teams way back when, and one of those was certainly the 78-79 edition. Well, the impetus is, you know, how he and I sit side by side up in the Ranger press box, and we've done three prior books, the last one, uh, Rangers by the Numbers. And we've always, uh, how he's a little older than I am, not by much, but I'm 58, you know, turning 59. That 78-79 team just always held a special place in my heart. And I, I think Ranger fans of a certain age don't realize that had that 94 team never won the Cup, that 78-79 team might have been the most beloved Ranger team of all time. And the more Howie and I started talking about it, there were just so many different storylines, you know, between, you know, Fred Shiro coming over from the hated Flyers to the signing of the Swedes to, you know, getting the youngest Ranger captain ever. Um, and even a little bit before that, the departure of, of Joe Bear and the little rift between him and Esposito in the locker room. So we really felt that with all the characters on that team as well, it would make for a really interesting read. Well, that's what I wanted to ask about, too, Howie, as, as Mark points out, I mean, character, I think, is is something that, that that Rangers team had plenty of. And when you talk about Espo, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and you throw in the skill and the grit uh, of a Greshner and the skill of the Swedes coming over and stepping in in Winnipeg and really making their mark in the best league in the world uh, with the New York Rangers. And John Davidson, you know, bad back and all the injuries he had. Literally at times, I think, how he carrying that Rangers team on his back. Uh, that was a team that had a whole bunch of different characteristics and a whole bunch of character in general. Yeah, it almost became like a perfect storm because when Shiro came in, the Rangers had come off that loss to Buffalo in the playoffs the year before. And there were hopes for this team, but no one really expected them to end up where they were. I think that's what made it so unique that the the fans really didn't didn't know that this could be a, a Stanley Cup team. But as the season went along, you saw things start to come together. Uh, John Davidson was part of a three-goalie rotation during the regular season. There was really no number one for the Rangers, but then he took the reins in the playoffs. And according to some of the people that Mark spoke to, some of the ex-players, and and Phil Esposito especially, they felt Davidson was never going to play better than he did at that time, and they felt that that was their opportunity to end that drought. Well, Mark, from what I can decipher here, and I'm really looking forward to getting into the book at some point here, but but tell me about you know what you guys did with regards to the 78-79 season. Did you guys kind of break it down, Mark, You know, game by game throughout the course of that, that run? Yes, what we did was we essentially started with the end of the, the prior season, mm-hmm. 
And up until the Mateau game, probably one of the, the greatest Ranger games I ever attended was uh, game two of the preliminary round the season before against Buffalo, where Phil Esposito ended up getting into a fight with Rick Martin at the end of the third period in the tie game. The game goes into overtime. The Rangers score. There's a disallowed goal. The Sabres score. There's a disallowed goal. And then Murdoch finally ends it. And then they go to Buffalo and they, they end up losing. So we pick it up from right at that point. Then we go into the hiring of Shiro, the, the signing of the Swede, the you know, naming of a captain. And then you know, Howie, his research is phenomenal. Basically, there's a little synopsis of every single regular season game. And then we go in depth at each game of the playoffs. And then we even have an epilogue. And then we have a, a where are they now? Because I was able to contact every single living member of that team with the exception of Pierre Plant, of all people. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get in touch with Pierre Plant, but every other person is in there, including Bobby Sheehan, who didn't play one regular season game, but played a major part in the playoffs. So, yes, every single game is in there. Every single postseason game is in there, and, and lots of quotes from every member of that team. i got to tell you, Howie, I mean, it was strange for me as a kid growing up watching the game and watching the Rangers make this run of the final. It was just strange to me to see the fog uh, from Freddie Shiro uh, behind the bench with the New York Rangers. I mean, with with him doing what he did in Philadelphia with the back-to-back Stanley Cups, it was always said, Howie, that he was a coach that was well before his time. Like, he was ahead of everybody at that point. What's your takeaway when you look back on, on Freddie Shiro and what he accomplished in New York in a relatively short sample size with what he did with the Rangers? What made him so effective, do you think, Howie? Well, Sonny Workman was running the Rangers at that, that time. He was a famous entrepreneur around here. He had signed Joe Namath, and he saw something in Shiro right away that, you know, once the rumors started that Fred Shiro wanted to get out of the Flyers, you know, Workman struck. Now, now, what struck me about Shiro was the immediate impact, the way he turned the team around. Because they seemed to be – they weren't a great team in 77-78. They made the playoffs and, and, and got into that preliminary round, but they really weren't that good. And then Shiro came in, and, and it seemed like a, a, a whole breath of fresh air just turned the culture around. Like he changed the culture there. I mean, you know, he he wasn't a, a demanding type of coach. You, you figure a man like that would be demanding. He, he kind of let the players do their thing, and, and, and his style was kind of unique to me too. That I picked up on, that I learned about his practices, the way he ran things. Those were the surprises to me because obviously when they were. When, you know, 40 years ago, I'm I'm 25 years old. I don't really know the ins and outs of the team. I'm just rooting for them as a fan. But then when you get older and you start to research these things, you learn a lot of stuff that you never realize, especially about Fred Shiro. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mark Rosenman joining us. Howie Carpin joining us. The book is Before 94, the story of the 1978-79 New York Rangers. Uh, Mark Espos told me many times over the years that when it came to that 79 Stanley Cup final and the Blue Shirts win the opener 4-1 at the Forum in Montreal, he's told me over the years we should have gotten out of Montreal when we could have. and You know, gotten anywhere uh, to a place outside of Montreal to avoid all the distractions and all of the temptations and such that Montreal, Quebec could offer and still does to a certain extent. Uh, what's your take on the way the Stanley Cup final itself played out? Because when the Rangers won the first game, it kind of reminds me of 1993 when the Kings went to Montreal at the Forum. They won the first game led by Gretzky, and you know he sealed the game from a tough angle into an empty net. And then, all of, of course, Montreal comes back and, and wins the next four. Same thing happened back in 1979, Mark. 
Exactly. And it was one of the themes in speaking to all the guys that, that came through, uh, particularly Esposito. He, he said that he begged Fred, you know, that these guys are too young. They won't know how to handle it. Um, and then when we asked some of the young guys, Ron Duguay said, you know, in retrospect, he's probably right. Um, he said after game one, he did not get back to his hotel room until 6 a.m. He said he did learn how to dance. But he didn't get back to his. Hotel. Can you imagine Ron Duguay in 1979, Montreal? Boy, that would that would be fun and yet concerning at the same time, perhaps. <laughs> it's funny because someone actually um, tweeted out his quote from the book uh, on Twitter, and he actually responded that yes, he said he did have a good time, and he said he also thinks that the Montreal Canadiens set him up by sending beautiful women after him while he was in Montreal. So that was pretty funny, but. Um, the other thing is, you know, I kind of went that route to find out what they thought and if they had regrets. And looking back on it, and you look at that team, as talented as they were, they were playing a Montreal Canadian team that had 10 future Hall of Famers on their roster, nine of which were active in that game. Okay, and you take a look at the Rangers roster, and you have Phil <laughs> going to the Hall. So I asked them, you know, do you have any regrets that you lost to a team that's such talented? And to a man, they said, we should have won. So I, I think, you know, it, had they been a little more of a veteran presence on that team to corral the young guys. But Dugan said it, they were doing it all season long. He felt it just caught up to them. Howie, did you get the sense, you know, that that Rangers team in 78-79 was feeling the pressure of ending a drought? Because by the time we got to 94 and the 54 years and – you know, that was such a huge talking point, and that's a pretty significant drought. I mean, 78-79, it's not 54 years, but they hadn't won in, in quite some time, Howie. I think it was more from the fans than the players themselves. A lot of them, you know, they knew about the history, but they didn't get obsessed with it as the fans were at that time. So I, I really don't, I don't know if that, that kind of pressure, they really felt that kind of pressure, and I think maybe it helped them get to that point where they were with that team. I, I think if they were constantly thinking about it and had it on their minds, who knows if they may have stumbled before that. So I get the feeling it was more from the fans than the players that were on that team. Oh, this has got the makings of a fantastic book. Before 94, the story of the 1978-79 New York Rangers. Mark, thank you very much for stopping by. Howie, thank you for stopping by. I'm sure fans can go out there, guys, right, and you know, pick them up at all major bookstores. And, of course, Amazon's always a pretty good go-to when it comes to these type of things, right? Absolutely. Amazon is always the best, and we really appreciate you having us on this morning. It's our pleasure. Thank you very much. Mark Rosenman and Howie Carpin joining us before 94, the story of the 1978-79 New York Rangers. So they go into the forum in game one, and they beat the Habs 4-1 the next game. And again, Espo has told me many times over the years we should have gotten out of Montreal anywhere but in downtown Montreal. The Habs come back and win it 6-2 and kind of took charge of the series from that point forward. They won game three at the Garden 4-1. They won an overtime in game four by a score of 4-3. And then they wrapped it up on Forum Ice on May 21st of 1979 by winning it 4-1, winning the series four games to one. So it was Freddie Shero against Scotty Bowman, just as it was in the 1976 Stanley Cup final when Bowman and the Habs beat Fred Shiro and the Flyers, uh, the Broad Street Bullies. And then, of course, it was three years later that they would go at it again, and Montreal was kind of wrapping up their dynasty and the great run that they were in the midst of. 
Go check that book out. Got him, need him is coming up next as Mick Kern joins me here live in studio. Yeah.